Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 18, Episode 14. This is Writing Excuses. Heavy lifting with microtension. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dong Wan. I'm Aaron. I'm Dan. And I don't lift heavy things anymore. <laughs> and that's why we're going to use microtension. So microtension is this idea that you can take all of the tools that we've previously talked about uh, and just use smaller versions of them so that you're kind of uh, adding conflicts between goals or, or small elements that don't belong. Um, and th- this is uh, this is a, an opportunity for often I think some some fun tension within a, a novel or story or whatever it is that you're working on. Can you all think of examples of of micro tension that are particularly delicious, Dan? So. I've, one of my favorites is a recent one that I saw in a TV show called The Offer, which is like a behind the scenes about the creation of the movie The Godfather. Uh, and he gets um, Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo, the the director and the writer, together. And he's trying to get them to create this movie. And they fight and bicker constantly. And there's one really simple, really little scene where the two of them are uh, in the kitchen because they're they're sharing a house during this process. They're in the kitchen trying to make spaghetti and arguing heatedly about the script, but at the same time arguing about how you make spaghetti because they're both from Italian families. They cannot agree on my family's method or your family's method. And then the scene ends with uh, one of them going, oh, we should put this in the movie. This is what it's like to be in an Italian family. We need to have this kind of simple slice of life stuff. And so the, the tension turns into something else and the micro tension in the scene actually becomes the solution to the other part of the scene. Uh, but it's just a, a really simple, wonderful way of adding a lot of depth to what's going on. One of my favorite ones, and we've mentioned Glass Onion many times over this course of this series, but and Glass Onion is chock full of these, of tiny little character beats that add up to more and more tension over the course of the movie. My favorite one is there. there's a device in the movie that if there's a sound that's slightly too loud or if there's fire in the room, a very loud shutter slams shut to protect a valuable object. And over the, the the entire middle act of the movie is this long running scene in one room that this thing is in. And it is constantly slamming shut over the course of the scene over and over again. And every single time I jumped and then I would laugh and it added more and more tension just through this like chaotic thing happening in the background. And it was this constant relief of tension and kept me 
so on the edge of my seat as characters were mostly just talking to each other in a room. That's all that's really happening over the course of the scene. But because he introduced this element of this randomly slamming shut noise throughout the thing, it is this master stroke in keeping me riveted on the scene, reminding me of this massive Chekhov's gun just sitting over there and just adding this element of pure chaos in, in what could otherwise be a boring talky scene. One of the things that I enjoy about that um, and why I think it's a particularly good example, um, when I... Uh, when I first started hearing about microtension, I heard about it from Donald Moss, and he he thinks of it as uh, like kind of the the moment by moment tension. Um, I think he says moment by moment tension that keeps the reader in a constant state of sup- suspense over what will happen next, not in the story, but in the next few seconds. And so I think one of the things that kept happening with that particular shutter was wondering if this was the time when its closing was going to be plot relevant because you knew it was going to be at some point. And and that that constant uh, little tug on the reader it's like is this important? Is this is this is this going to matter later? Do you have to that's that's a, a fun thing that you can play with as a way to to ramp the tension up. It's almost like you're giving them like a narrative loop but in a tiny moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a way to remind them of the overall structure of what's happening, like the overall structure of Glass Onion is these recursive loops. And so by giving us those beats within this scene of keeping us on our toes and questioning, is this the thing? No, that's not the thing. That's a red herring. And this one's a red herring. And this one's a red herring. Oh, now it's real, right? And like the the pure joy of that when you're in the hands of somebody who is good at delivering at the end of the day uh, can be incredibly satisfying. In one of our very first episodes of Writing Excuses, uh, we talked about the principle of, you know, explaining explaining something small in great detail and then not even bothering to explain something huge because the audience, once you've explained something small in huge detail and gotten it right, they're like, oh, I, I totally trust you. Um, if two people are having an argument about what constitutes pizza, um, Okay, I realize that might not be macro tension. That's actually holy war between, you know, Chicago and New York and and possibly a bunch of other places. But if they're having this argument and the argument is well articulated and everybody responds in a way that makes sense for their characters and makes sense to the reader, then when they are having an argument about, you know, whether or not to use uh, nanotube contained antimatter in their drive... Um, the audience will trust you to get the argument right. And part of that is because I think there's an underlying resonance there. Uh, Dongwan literally took the words out of my mouth that I was going to say about the small loop being part of the big loop. But I think that's true of argument as well. Part of it's that the emotional need that is kind of driving your conflict. If you have two characters who have different emotional needs, those will show up just as much in your pizza argument or your making of spaghetti as they will about the bigger things. And so it feels resonant, especially if you're like the fact that I love from a previous, uh, from a previous episode example, I love to do things through performance and I'm really invested in my public persona and someone else is really about math because they really feel like a kinship with logic and that's how they've always solved things. And then we try to make spaghetti together and I'm throwing it around and they're measuring those are both very resonant with what we understand about the character 
And that's what makes the microtension kind of work and also makes it work later when we see those same traits on a much bigger stage. When we come back from the from our break, remind me that I want to talk about the difference between form and essence spinning off of what Aaron just talked about. And now we're going to take a brief break. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our thing of the week this week is Chlorine by Jade Song. Uh, it's a debut novel. Um, it is a dark horror novel. And it tells the story of a uh, young woman, a, a, a teenager, um, who is on her school swim team and under an enormous amount of pressure. She's a Chinese, child of Chinese-American immigrants, is under pressure again in school, is under pressure from her coach. And she becomes convinced that the way that she needs, what she needs to do to become the best swimmer that she can be is to become a mermaid. And it is this very dark, twisted story of her trying to become her best self through any means possible. Um, it is full of body horror. It's full of the, the challenges that young women face in today's society. Um, it's an absolutely brilliant, lyrical, strange story. And I, I cannot be more excited about people to read this and lose their minds in the way that I lost my mind the first time I read this. Um, that's out March 28th, so it should have just come out when you're hearing this. And I, I implore you to rush to the store and pick it up. Check content warnings before you do. This book is a lot, um, but uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. So something that Aaron said just made me go, oh, uh, there's this idea of form versus essence, which I use a lot when I'm, I'm talking to, to people about how to, to go after a goal or, or achieve something. It suddenly occurred to me, uh, applies when we're talking about this microtension. So the idea is that there's that form is something you can touch and feel and essence is something is about how, uh, sorry, form is something you can touch or buy and essence is about how it makes you feel. Um, and I learned it about it from a, a happiness coach, which sounds very woo. However, the, the example that was given to me was uh, a friend was talking about how she wanted to, she and her mom were baking cookies. And for my friend, the essence of this was connection. And for her mom, the essence of it was productivity. So when things started going wrong, my friend was like, oh, this is fine. I'm still getting connect with my mom. Why are you getting so uptight? And her mom was like, we are not checking things off our to-do list. Why are you being so flippant about it? And where it ties into this idea of microtension is that microtension is the form of this larger, there's, there is a larger essence conflict that is going through the entire story, that, that large loop, the recursive thing, the story loop that Dong Wan was talking about. And the form is in this moment, this is how is it expressing itself in this tiny micro conflict that is happening right now, but it is still part of this larger essence. Yeah, it's that sort of Renaissance idea of as above, so below, right? We can show what the greater pattern is by showing us uh, the small version of it here. And I think that could be such an instructive, 
I think of it as a roadmap, right? You're showing them a little bit of a roadmap of how to read the rest of it. If you have that tiny moment that has that conflict in it, that has those, you know, differing ways of seeing things, then that can give us such insight into the overall development of what's happening with these characters over the course of their entire arc. Um, Going back to sort of earlier topics too, that can be a way to mislead people, right? You can give them a microtension and make them think this is the real conflict when really it's something else entirely. Um, So it's a way to sort of like manipulate your reader a little bit, set up red herrings, set up a little bit of false information that's true to the characters. You're not lying to them, but those patterns that you're using can be sometimes manipulated in interesting ways. So here's uh, spinning this in a kind of different direction. Now I uh, really love a TV show called Tehran. This is a espionage show uh, made in Israel about a, a, an Israeli spy woman who is goes into Iran to do something and gets stuck there. She can't get out. And so most of of the series is about her trying to cross the border, trying to get back out of uh, Iran. And while she is there, of course, uh, she has to wear a scarf on her head. And this is really only one time over the course of the entire first season does this become a major issue. But it is always a micro issue behind every scene. In what situations is it socially acceptable for her to take this off? When does she have to have it on? Who can she trust? Who can she not trust? And when and how she wears this scarf on her head, uh, despite being just this minor thing in the background, is this huge metaphor for everything that's going on, how comfortable she is in a certain situation, uh, who she will allow herself to trust or not trust, um, kind of like this visual symbol of the wall she puts up when she needs to deceive somebody or lie to them. Uh, it's really fascinating to watch. And then, like I said, there's one scene where it becomes suddenly and abruptly incredibly important. Uh, and anyway, it, it's it's a really wonderful way of bringing out all of the underlying themes and tensions of the spy story with this small detail that adds to the character, builds up the world's building and the culture, and does all of these other cool things at the same time. I think this is a great example also to to just draw a line under what Dan said. When when we started this, we talked about uh, that all of the, the different forms of tension that we were talking about could be used on a small scale. And so this is a, a great example of how it's being used on the small scale and continuing to ramp the tension up by by building this anticipation because you know that it's probably going to become significant at some point. Similarly, you can use juxtaposition as a, as a form of microtension by putting a character into a scene and having them think about something that no one else in the scene is thinking about. So it's it's only affecting them, for instance, that class that I mentioned when we started talking, where I was literally teaching a class on tension, and I was the only one at the beginning of the class who knew that there was a, a medical emergency back at home. That That thing was constantly happening in the back of my head. And had I been a character in a scene, you know, on a page, that that would have kept popping up as this little piece of microtension that would have kept a scene tight and active while really all that was happening in that scene was a class was being taught. So sometimes just an internal juxtaposition is enough. You don't have to have, like, sweeping music coming through the scene. For the uh, taxonomy nerds in, in the crowd, um, 
in putting together this set of episodes, uh, we talked quite a bit about where the lines were between these things and whether some of these were actually separate things or whether they were the same things. And that is part of what makes these tools so powerful. Microtension can also be a tool for juxtaposition and anticipation. Conflict can be created in microtension. All of this all of this is very much in flux. And if you, fair listener, are in conflict with us about the terminology we're using, awesome. <laughs> because uh, that, that means you have strong opinions about how the taxonomy will work best for your toolbox. And that's going to serve you better than the stuff that we're talking about. That's right. Frequently, what we are doing on this podcast is just trying to give you words that you can use to describe the thing that you're doing. But the thing that you're doing is probably something that comes naturally to you. Um, and and the toolbox is for those moments when it is not coming naturally to you. But none of this is the right way to do something. And they're just tools to think about. So let's give you another tool. Why don't we give you a homework assignment? I've got your homework. Take a scene you've already written and raise the tension in it by adding microtension of some sort alongside the big plot tension. Doesn't have to be making spaghetti or arguing about pizza or even related to food at all. Uh, just a, a microtension that ramps up the tension of the scene that you've already written. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. For this episode, your hosts were Mary Robinette Kowal, Dong Wan Song, Aaron Roberts, Dan Wells, and Howard Taylor. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. For more information, visit writingexcuses.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.